To another episode of Hockey Day in Canada, I'm your host Tom, and with me this week are Dan. Yeah. Do a countdown, Mike, Steve. But I'm totally throwing. I can't function. Raw dogging it with no countdown. That's because I always count the last three, and he hates it. Yeah, Mike always fucks <laughs> it up because you never say two or one. He always says two and one. Yeah, but and you still go, we still go through the motion of you like totally just. No, I'm shutting it shut down. Up. I'm shutting it down. <laughs> okay, well that threw me. That's, a, that's our worst intro yet. Thanks, Tom. No, it's fine. <laughs> My part was fine. Dan's was fine. Mike's was fine. You just done fucked up, Steve. It really, it really bothered me. Uh, I'm but. sure Ward, were he here and not off being a fucker somewhere else, would also have not fucked it up. And on that note, <laughs> fuck you, Ward. Fuck you, Ward. I love that. That is a tradition now. It just it gives me, it warms my cockles. <laughs> okay, let's move on from that. Already uncomfortable. <laughs> this week, this weekend cockles. Oh my god, this weekend cockles. What's a cockle? <laughs> <laughs> Can someone explain to me what it actually is? Well, it's often like that warms the cockles of your heart or something. I think it's just, I don't know. But Dan's Googling it right now. Where's the cockle in your heart? Because my Google search history for today is not <laughs> fucked up enough already. <laughs> oh, man. We'll get into that later. Uh, but in the meantime, Steve, this weekend hobby, what you working uh, on? I don't even, it's, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. There's a tournament this weekend, so I've got... Uh, Five more Wraith Guard or Wraith Blades, I guess I should say. They're different now. Uh, done. I got Yvrain done. I got a Warlock done. I got new weapons for a Wave Serpent finished. I got three more Dark Reapers done. Uh, and I started working on um, the new Spirit Seer because I picked up Wake the Dead. Nice. Yeah, the plastic one. Have uh, they still not come out with the guy separate yet? No, but I also wanted another Wave Serpent and I needed the five Wraith Blades anyways. And a guy, I split the Primaris stuff with. Um, like on one of the Facebook groups, so it was like seventy dollars, and a box of wraith blades <laughs> is like fifty. So perfect. Yeah, worked that, right. that worked out okay. Yep, that's me. Who's next, Senor Mikey? Oh, uh, sure. Mine's really easy. I I was too busy to do anything other than one buggy. Did I pay more than you? You did. Whoa. Shit. I'm going to pour up a little more beer after that. <laughs> yeah, you've earned it, Steve. Um, Dan, did you beat Mike's one model? No, not for painting. <laughs> Damn it, you had your one. Did you build any other models? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I, I didn't count building. <laughs> did you want me to count building? Cause well, I, I want to count building for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I see. There we go. Yeah. Okay, what did you build? We'll, we'll let him have this one, Mike. Well, I got, uh, don't do <laughs> that. He doesn't ever get off easy. I built No, Rath it's always Rapture. aggressive and angry. <laughs> Wrath and Rapture. <laughs> okay, what did, what did you build? What did you build? Let's go. Let's go. Wrath and Rapture. Okay. The whole Imperialist sector. The, the big box for the uh, Adeptus Titanicus. Oh, the train, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, that's not a small feat, actually. No, no, that's, that's like a huge amount of stuff. And I love how you just blasted by, yeah, I built like... 30, 40 infantry and a handful of larger models. How, no many, how many things are in Wrath and Rapture? I thought it was just Okay, like only that. half of Wrath and Rapture because I split it. I should, sorry. Oh. So who, which side you took the... So the it was stuff? 10 Demonettes, 6 uh, Skull Crushers, 5 Hounds, and Karnak. 10 oh. Bloodletters? Yeah. You said Demonettes. Who took the who took the Slanesh stuff? 
Barnaby. Ah, makes sense. Oh. Yeah, that checks out. Makes yeah. sense. Okay, yeah, that's a lot. Although that yeah. harpist model is probably the coolest one of them all. Out of that set, I don't know. I, uh, I actually like the fiends quite a bit. Possibly with more their weird the backwards is, legs. Harpist is weird and very slanesh-y. Also, the hounds are crazy cool. The hounds are actually surprisingly nice models. Yeah, which I mean, after having the same ones for the metal ones for how long? Fine cast ones. How long have those been around? Too long. Yeah. Anyways, oh, Dan, <laughs> I'd not finish actually. And more, more, more. Another box of knights. The new Servetus. Oh, the the Lancer ones. Lancers. Oh. Lancers. Yeah. And the new Titan. Uh, the new warlord with the uh, power fist and the plasmas. He's built too. Nice. Oh, so is it a full new warlord or just uh, new weapons? No, it's a full new warlord. The weapons through isn't out yet. Remember, I was talking to you about that. How it's pissed. Yeah, but I meant like, did you just build the weapons? Because oh no, I built the whole the fucker. whole fucking thing. The whole. Fucking I like it thing. how you. <laughs> uh, I like it how you could have just built the weapons and basically got to the same spot. But you're like, no, I've got to do the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just what Mike does. Whole I thing, baby. Kind of understand that. I gotta still paint up two more. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Cabalite warriors to the list. Mm-hmm. And instead of like just snapping the arms off of the two with blasters and just painting the arms, it was like, no, I'll paint brand new ones. Someone bought a box of new. Cabalites. Totally justified. Totally justified. Okay, that's all you know. Although Cabalite warriors don't cost one hundred and thirty dollars each. Thirty bucks. Yeah, a little, <laughs> different. A little different. But uh, yeah, so my hobby progress, which again, because assembly totally counts. Uh, it was the just Blackstone Fortress models, so nice. picked up a bunch of those, got them built, and I'm going to be doing... I also got a bunch of the um, different size, like, thickness of plastic card sheets, so I'm going to do that, that like, weird fractured stone kind of texture for the bases, the triangles. going to do that out of different thicknesses of plastic card. Ooh. And so you can just paint the different sections and do it that way and have, like, the OSL coming from between the cracks and stuff like that. Sounds good. Um, but no actual paints. <clears throat> fuck that. Okay, so I, I did actual painting. I didn't finish anything. Um, but oh, wait, I, wait, we can do f- not finish things. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. Go ahead. <sighs> so I built eight more Ludas. We just want to have something to talk about, Mike. <laughs> I built eight more Ludas. <clears throat> I built five more tank busters. I got the bases done on the Ludas, like sealed and all that stuff. And then I primed and base coated. The eight more Ludas, ten more Gretchen, and two trucks that I converted up. So using rhinos is kind of like the base and adding a bunch of orc shit on it. And I've got, I'd say like a third done because I I'm gonna do a lot a lot of work on these trucks on one of them. And then because I, I basically stenciled off and I decided that first off yellow would work really well in the color scheme and also fuck Imperial fists. So most of the looted stuff that I have is Imperial Fists. Um, but on the one Rhino, I'm also like the odd door or other bit. I'm putting in other colors as if it was from a different Rhino. They just kind of like kitbash all together. So I get that. I feel like Ward right now. A little bit upset that somebody's stealing my Imperial Fist Thunder. <laughs> this is a weird feeling. You actually have Imperial Fist yeah. Thunder. Yeah, it's true. I haven't played them in eighth, actually. should do that one day. Ooh, you haven't painted a Rhino for him, though. No, I'm not. Rhinos are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> now when you convert them into orc trucks, yeah, and then they're, they're amazing. Um, yeah, they're a lot better, actually, as an orc truck. Yeah, and I'm actually really in love with how the, like, teal blue works with that yellow. Yeah, it's super so. contrasty, for sure. So, um, anything else? I think I thought about doing more stuff than I actually did. 
Which, you know, is half the battle, right? You gotta, yep. you gotta think about the hobby before you can really hobby. Oh, God, yeah. I agree oh, with that. Oh, oh. What? Um, <laughs> what? What do you... I'm, I'm... Mike's had an... Oh, oh, oh what were you gonna no, say? I was teasing. I'm preparing for our next segment. Because I don't really know what these things look like. Which ones? I'm not, I don't want to ruin it for our listeners. Okay, so... A terrible podcast right now. <laughs> no, it's fine, man. It's all good. It's, if, you need, if you want to stall, I can talk about what cockles are. Uh, Do it up. Don't, don't, oh, I don't no, know if I want to. No. So for this week in cockles, <laughs> uh, apparently it is an edible burrowing bivalve mollusk with a strong ribbed shell or a small shallow boat, which still make, makes that expression make no fucking sense. <laughs> okay, cool. But it's either a mollusk or a boat. Well, that, yep, that's... Maybe, like, insane. back in the day, people kept mollusks as pets, and they liked to keep them warm. And they burrowed into their heart, like some sort of weird, bad sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Like some weird, like, symbiotic relationship. No, oh, there's, there's a verb version of cockle, which is to bulge out in certain places so as to present a wrinkled or creased surface, or to pucker. None of this makes any sense at all. <laughs> that that expression that. still, yeah, is completely insane. Because I don't understand. There, there's ser- seemingly no link at all. To I'm a little angry. Expression. I've been using cockles wrong my whole life. Well, the cockles of my heart. Now you just that think is of the some ex- disgusting mollusk. That is the expression. It just no one knows what it actually means. Apparently, and when you do it, it makes even less sense. If I had a time machine, I'd travel back to, like, I don't know, and ask Chaucer. I'm assuming it's him that probably came up with it. Is that, that your shut up and take my money so you can get a time machine and ask, ask Chaucer? <laughs> is that what we're doing next? Yeah, obviously. Okay, my shut up and take my money is actually nothing. I'm <gasps> not very excited about this uh, new thing coming up. Ah, uh, no, that's not true. I'll probably pick up City Fight. <laughs> yeah. And depends on how far out we're looking, because if we talk about the, <laughs> port, the weekender that was just passed, there's a lot in there that I'm quite interested in. And there's also G-Dub, fuck, I'm just going to say it right now. So G-Dub put up a photo today of a Space Marine that said... Yeah, I don't care. The, like, Funko Pop looking one? Don't care. And then also said, like, clean off, clear off your shelves? I don't care. I don't like those things. I know I know a lot of people do, and that's not a problem, but I just think they're... Goofy. Is it going to be it for Funko been, Space Marines? Maybe, or I don't know. Or is it... It seems to be the case. It seems to be the case. Although, if it was an AOS one, they could have done the A-Elf on a Shay-Elf in time for next Christmas, which yeah. would have been good. Which would have been hilarious. Because uh. AOS just had more vowels. I have to admit, when I first saw it, I, this, the silhouette, I was like, that's a squat. <laughs> and then I was like, that, there's no way. There's no way. I know we're a little bit further away from, from April Fool's yeah. than we should be, but like, it's probably one of those weird pophead things. I hope it's somebody, not. I really somebody hope it's from, not. I think it was somebody from the like Warhammer team or whatever, somebody on Twitter, they actually posted, they said, I couldn't wait till April Fool's to post this, but they photoshopped off a box, and it was like a box of like two Citadel miniatures, the planet Vigilus and its moon in 28 millimeter. And it had, like, this tiny little speck of a human for scale reference in the corner of the picture. It's like two plastic and metal miniatures. That's amazing. I love it. Because they're, they're almost taking it that far with the fucking supplements. That's absolutely amazing. If you could get a miniature of Vigilus and it was just a sphere, like a little like a ping pong ball, that would be incredible. No, but if it was 28 mil scale, it would be larger than your house. Oh, that's true. Actually, like, that would be actually correct. Yeah, if it was 28 mil scale, it would be absurd. Like a city block. It might be the size of the actual moon. <laughs> like, for real. Yeah, I guess. At least, like, the size of the fucking Death Star. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's no moon. <laughs> <laughs> and that was about half the comments. That's hilarious. Okay, <laughs> okay fair enough. Mikey? Uh, 
lots of goblins in my future. Yeah, for you. No yeah, kidding. Goblins, that makes sense. Yeah. Also squigs? And squigs. That's shocking that those two go together. Yeah, I know. I didn't see it coming either. <laughs> and uh, the, yeah, it looks like the new Night Haunt's going to be out, or the new uh, troll for Underworlds <sighs> is going to be out pretty soon, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, the Night Vault stuff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're fucked, Mike. You're so fucked. <laughs> We're so fucked. Well, we know what I'm going to talk about. We'll talk about that more in depth in a bit, but how about you, Dan? Well, it's not directly related to Ambots? the tabletop stuff. But yeah, well, there's... Damn it. I guess you. there is very much that. There's the Ambot uh, for Necromunda, which is actually a two-model kit. And Are there's you, also the, start the, dreaded Amble, the dreaded Amble expansion for Blackstone Fortress. Do you think it's just a single model? Uh, there's the one big cards. guy with two little looks like swarm bases of like little bug larvae type things because he's got like little larvae things coming out on him. On him. Imagine and there's shoots, like bigger ones and there's bigger ones that are on like two thirty <clears> or forty mil bases. Seems very Mass Effect too, something like that. Where you just get swarmed by bees. I'm into it. Bees, um, weird sci-fi bees. Weird sci-fi bees. Uh, but I wonder if they're going to do it as a blister pack where it's just like you get the blister pack and you add it to your board game and it's got the card. Well, the model like is gigantic, it. so I'm is guessing it how, Is not. it that big? It looked like he was... Well, I don't know how big he is because obviously there's not a lot of scale reference in there, yeah, but like it, it looked like a substantial model. Like the 40K Ambots are not on 40 mil bases. There's a skull for reference. You can kind of tell in the photo. Like it, it's going to be big. I think it's like Dreadnought size. Like maybe, a, maybe a 50 mil base to fit on the hexes yeah. a little better. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I'm wondering, like, how how do they get it to fix fit in a hex? Like, there's a, there's a size constraint that they have to within the mechanics make work. But if you can comfortably fit two 32 mil bases within a hex, yeah, you should be able to fit a 50 mil base. Yeah, I agree. So that should give them decent amount of room to have like a monster because that base is not big relative to like his shoulder width. Yeah, so I think he should be fine. I think he's he looks pretty big. Okay, there's there's a lot that I've and there's a, I like decks of cards it. and other stuff in there in that kit as well and all Who's, kinds of stuff. You, how's your Gene Sealer cults coming along? <laughs> I built and primed a bunch of them, and then they have sat in a fucking bowl on my desk ever since. What do you think of the uh, new gunslinger with extra arms? The new gunslinger that only comes in a freaking box yep. set that I don't want to buy. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I, I'm in the same boat, dude. That tech priest I really want. That guy's cool. He's he's literally got like sniper rifle fat man and he's shushing somebody. Somebody photoshopped the head of Doc, Dr. Robotnik onto him and totally. it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect for Dr. Robotnik. Wow. It's uh, perfect. <laughs> he's supposed to be like a, a sniper-ish character, which is kind of interesting. So, yeah. Anywho, interesting. You guys can split the box. Oh, and then there's also, yeah, there's the freaking I think there's Kill boxes. Team Arena. Oh, oh yeah, god damn. Oh, you're so fucked, Tom. Oh, I'm so Dude, fucked. Look, Kill Team I'm, Arena looks so good. Kill but Team like, Arena does look cool. I can't afford to give a shit about any of these things because they also just announced another new round of um, like GeForce 20 series video cards. Well, that's a completely different hobby. And, uh, <laughs> also very expensive yes. and uh, release date for MechWarrior 5. Also. So like, I actually need a new laptop. Like, oh, yeah, that Gene yeah. Thriller drill looks so good. Okay, anyways, my shut up and take my money out that I was like, nothing. Well, it's, it's kind of true because it's going to be waiting for not these a lot, things to come out. Not a lot in the next few yeah. weeks, but There's the next three cool months stuff. could be... Oh, and be I completely forgot through. about my favorite character in the entire release. The favorite model of the whole thing, or not release, but they've uh, leaked. Yeah. She's amazing. The Gene Thriller Magos uh, female character or whatever this is, Primus. Oh, yeah. 
unreal how cool that model is. Yeah, they all those Union Steeler models look fantastic. The the new characters, the yeah. like Scout Biker Quad type oh, yeah, things, those things, like they sweet. all look fucking fantastic. I actually really like how what they're doing here with the Gene Steelers is because they were kind of like a half release. Like they had some stuff. They leaned pretty heavy on all of the guard shit that you can also take in the army. Yeah. But after this release, like they have a very strong personal aesthetic, which is so cool. Yeah. And I mean, the way they fit into Vigilus, if you've read the background, they're clearly they're clearly their own thing. They're cool. I like them a lot. Yeah. They're way better than a Chaos Cult, just going to stray. Say. And they're and they're just fucking insane conversion potential. Like uh-huh. those models, if you put header arm swaps on them, you can yeah. make anything. Yeah, yeah. Like there's people making inquisitorial warbands out of them. There's people making like weird spacesuit yeah. guys out of them. Totally. There's people that are swapping like the the more hunched over versions of uh, the cultists. Like there's the two different generations in the kit. Yeah. The more hunched over ones, people are putting Tau and Lizardman parts on and making like a weird like lizard space race out of them because they, they look good because they kind of have the silhouette of lizardmen when they have that hunched over yeah, profile yeah. i can see that working actually it yeah. works surprisingly well that's cool Very yeah cool. but all of that doesn't matter because mikey what <laughs> mike come on <laughs> come on come on mike. you're not gonna go two and one i'm not helping you what? countdown you missed the countdown <laughs> Oh, mad now. so you don't want to talk about the fucking goblins? I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck started. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so for the longest time, I was really worried because, first off, I've wanted more common goblins for a long time because they've really been overplaying the, the night goblin stuff. And the last few night goblin releases were a little bit too over the top, like that. Moon Clan Shaman or whatever the fuck it was from. Um, you're, I know you're looking at me, but I am not a Goblin fan, so it's it's all. Oh, well, it's fair, but like the one that came out in the what was that campaign? Line oh, Portents. I know what you're talking Line about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just too much. There was too many weird mushrooms on it, and I thought the design of the model was really, really weak. And he didn't have enough cape squigs holding his cape off the floor. Yeah, and so I was really worried that when they went to redo the Night Goblins, because I I pretty was pretty sure they were coming right away. That they were going to lean too hard into that aesthetic and not hard enough into just like wild ass goblins and robes and squigs. Yeah, and I think you're wrong. All of my fears went right the fuck away. No, they just got replaced with financial fears. Oh no, not fears, crippling burden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. I'm not afraid of it. I'm leaning into it, but dear God, it's going to suck. But uh, no, like the. All of the there's one kit that I do not love in that entire release, and that's that weird ass like it's not quite a character unit, character unit kind of thing. Oh, with the like unit the, of like the eight somewhat characters. Yeah. Oh, all oh, right, right, yeah, okay. Because they just kind of Gold all look Palooza or something like that. Yeah, and they just I feel like that was where the new sculptors went to cut their teeth, and they like. It doesn't make sense. The unit doesn't look good. It doesn't look cohesive. Is this the one you're talking about? Some of them look good. Yeah, like maybe two. Is this the one? That, is this yeah. the one you're talking about? Okay, yeah. I like the one with the mask, and he's kind of like the one who's supposed to scare the squigs around. I think he's kind of cool. I like the spider dude. I actually like the single standalone new goblin warlord or whatever you want to call it uh, with the cape squigs. <laughs> yeah, no, and like I'm so What's happy that they leaned harder into the squigs. Uh, Scrag Rot. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I yeah. Have to admit. 
But like uh, the squigs being multi-part kits now with interchangeable faces, and there's it seems to be as many armored squig faces as there will be regular squig faces because they now have armored squig cavalry. Yep. Where the squigs have armor and the goblins on top have armor and lances. Even their hoods have armor. Yeah. Okay, so I think the coolest uh, models in this by far are the sneaky snufflers. Oh yeah, those are so cool. Just With like the, the weird like truffle pig squigs. I absolutely love them. Yeah, they're so ridiculous. So the name alone is ridiculous. This is the first time that something an army that so goblins and pigs are the, the things that you've painted in the past. I've been like, I just don't care. Somehow when you put them together, I'm like, I could paint those. <laughs> I like those. Those are cool. Well, it's it's squigs with snoots. Yeah, totally. They're kind of adorable and terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and you just know they'd murder you. One of them has a mushroom growing out of its face, which is fantastic. Isn't there a goblin that's puking mu- mushrooms, too? Yeah. Oh, my God, the new Fanatics. Oh, sweet yeah, zombie. One, one of the models in the Fanatic kit appears to be curled up in a fetal position, just vomiting mushrooms. Yes, correct. <laughs> correct, 100%. <laughs> and he's, his eyes are, like, full-on tripping. Like, he's tripping balls, like that guy. Right there. He is yeah. a bad time. Yeah, hold it up for the microphone. It was yeah. me after New Year's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but, like... Seriously, it's it's almost to the point where I'm forgetting half of the models that are coming out because there's the new squigs. Well, you know the there's reason the, the plain squigs, the squig riders. There's the snuffle pigs. There's the gobble <laughs> palooza. There's stupid. the character, the mangler squig, the mangler, which squig. looks oh my God, so the mangler squig. good. And there's bits in there for those guys to be armored. The musician in the in the squig kit is playing the bagpipes that I think is a squig. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Just just wanted to check that you yeah, guys yeah. are aware of that. If you think it might be a squig, the answer is yes. Yeah, it's pretty In cool. any of these releases. But like the Mangler Squig with the hero on top. The giant type thing. Ugh. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the trolls. Oh, yeah. Um, and the trolls. And it looks like that troll character has multiple variants yeah. uh, in the same kit. Like a head swap and arm swap kind of stuff. I want to know how strong those chains are on the crazy giant squig. Because those, those look dangerous for like shattering. Oh, from oh like but that's the just one. That's, that's the normal Mangler Squig. There's a leader. There's a hero version. There's well. a hero, hero version of that Mangler Squig. That's no, insane. The models I mean, this are, is cra- this the is models are bonkers. The way that they can do these kits now, like with that level of motion in the actual like plastic kit, is crazy. And, and what I'm most excited for is, a, I never bought one for this reason, uh, the fine crap version of the Mangler Squig. Oh, that would yeah. collapse under their own weight? Yeah, because yeah, the resin wasn't strong enough to support all of the other resin on top of it. That's hilarious. So that makes sense because they have tiny little legs. Yeah. Which, interestingly enough, I was joking about that on Twitter, and Gav Thorpe was, was responding saying, he remembered back in the days before White Metal, um, I guess the figure cabinets at like GW headquarters yeah. or wherever, they'd be full of like, lead dragon models that would be like sitting like baking in these hot lights for the longest time so they would start sagging as well oh my god that's <laughs> just from all the heat and so they would occasionally have to like rebend them back into position oh, that makes man. sense if they're lead like straight up lead that, that would totally be a thing but it made for a, a delightful little uh, diversion from the main topic of conversation but yeah but like other really cool stuff um in reading through some of the is the loon boss oh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but getting away from Sorry. models for a second, they, are they have a really interesting mechanic, and I don't know all the little details, but when they're talking about on the Warhammer community page, is that at the beginning of the game, you assign a table quarter, and that's where the moon is shining. And it moves around. And wherever the moon is shining, your units get buffs, opponent's units get negatives, 
and different unit types get different buffs. Because the whole idea behind this army is they're supposed to be f- chasing the ba- the bad moon. Yeah, they're worshippers of the bad moon. Yeah, that's their whole shtick, right? Yeah, so yeah. that makes perfect sense. That's kind of cool. Do you get? So I'm assuming it's a lot like it was like the Ideneth Deepkin, where it's kind of like you don't have entirely control over it, but you have a bit of ability to manipulate it. It's slightly predictable, but yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yep. And there's the, the the terrain piece that goes with that too. Really yeah. cool. Which yeah. is Which surprisingly big and impressive. Yeah, and it's got so I'm, much detail on it. I'm gonna say I actually don't like it. So the reason that I don't like it is not because of the no detail. Soul? No, not because of the detail. Um, like I actually think that the the shelf mushrooms, like I don't even know what you call those things. Like the you know the mushrooms that just grow straight out of the wall that are like those weird yeah. vertical slats. I think those and the rest of the mushrooms are really cool. The cages are cool. It's definitely got the big enough size that you want from a terrain piece like that. The moon itself looks like a styrofoam carving. I think it looks a little cheap. Could that be the way it's been painted, though? Probably. It's also intentional. like Because they, they, it's an effigy, right? Like, totally. And they very specifically talked about they all of the stuff on these models, when they were talking to the designers on the community page, yeah. was that they wanted everything to look shitty, handmade, and unique. Because the goblins do not have... Industry. Like, yeah, really. That's fair, and I get that. I understand where they're coming from, but I've seen so many tournament tables where you have something shitty and handmade that, like, kind of gets beat up over the years. And this just reminds me of, like, one of the I get you. Like, whereas, like, and this is coming from somebody that really likes, obviously, the clean, smoother mecha- uh, aesthetic, like the Eldar Webway Gate. That's something you could never make yourself because you'd spend years sanding and smoothing and trying to get that to look just right. It's also the most useless terrain piece totally, on the planet. Totally, 100%. But I love it, so don't take my word is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, seriously, I... Models alone... Oh, man, I would easily say four and a half pucks for me. What do you think of the Endless Spells? Because they're the first... They were, they were actually kind of underwhelming for me. I, there's mean. a couple that I like, and there's a couple that I don't. The spider one? Meh. The yeah. nuclear mushroom? Yes. Yeah, correct. That is the correct statement. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's a lot of it is just um, it's that trying to have like a top down one or two piece. I really swarm. hate the spider pl- template. I think that sucks. I think, I think they could have done bad. a way better do- job than that. That looks like oh, let's get my two year old daughter to make some spiders on this with her play doh, and we'll just cast it. Yeah, I'm I think kind of with you. They look really cut and cut. There's no they could have even there. just like put them on rocks or something to give it a little bit of depth. Well, also, none of these spiders are moving. Yeah. All these spiders are at are stationary. All their legs are completely on the ground. There's no motion to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I mean makes sense when you have it. But it's clearly going to be a vacuum cast, like just you, like they do on yeah. their bases. It's which kind of is fair, but kind of still kind of sucks. Um, yeah, I I know you're giving it a four and a half. I will I will uh, let go of my prejudices as how terrible go- goblins are, and I'll we'll also go four and a half. I think it's a good release. They're nice models. Yeah, I probably won't pick any up. But even I'm kind of looking at the Mangler Squig and the uh, Sneaky Snufflers because that's also an amazing name. <laughs> Anyways. I'm going to give it four, but that's because the models I don't like, I really don't like. Everything else, though, is, would be five, but I think the Gobblepalooza and the Endless Spells really pulled down the skull. What's the Gobblepalooza? That's that that's unit the of characters, unit of characters that we talked about. That's the Gobblepalooza. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like that extra pause before you burst out laughing. <laughs> and also, they doesn't look like they updated the regular night goblins. Well, they no. can. Yeah. And it's still a shame because 
those are like the only goblins that era that don't have at least a little bit of a big nose. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it, it's it sucks because they're they're so much worse than every other goblin. It's like yeah. I said, four. That's yeah. why it's like yeah, that's, that's anything that point. had squigs in it, though. Oh, fucking like, hell yeah. Well, baby. and that's where I'm at. Where once I get it confirmed that squigs can be battle line, I'm, I'm done. You're done. Yeah, <laughs> you're screwed. Tom. I'm so fucked. The Guilty only thing Marina. that's going to save my wallet is the fact that I'm not buying a single model until I get 2K of my orcs painted. <laughs> That's it. You heard it here first, folks. We should all start taking bets on when that's broken. (laughs) (laughs) Would not be the first time. I feel like there's a mangler squig in your future. (laughs) Sorry, there's one caveat. Okay. Of course there is. The one caveat is unless I'm buying those models to be converted to go in my 40k orcs. Oh, interesting. That's the caveat. How would a mangler squig work in there? I don't give a fuck. What's I have a buzzsaw arm, and then totally it's a dreadnought. I guess you could totally make it like a war boss. Squignaught? (gasps) Squignaughts. Continue on, uh, Dan. What do, you, what do you think of this one? Yeah, there there is that really good point about um, the few, the very very few models in the range that didn't get updated will stand out as a result. Um, yeah, yeah. The the new models are pretty amazing. I think you can do a lot of cool stuff with them. Like I actually just want to paint like one or two of the models, like the Squig Hopper unit champions and stuff would be a yeah. blast to paint. Yeah, I agree. yeah. But uh, I think I overall. I think overall they're definitely in that uh, in that four territory just because again the few models that are left behind look several generations out of date because they are because the new ones are fucking amazing yeah and the other like, ones are starter set fix yep yeah they are one hundred percent and I mean they have to be to an extent the other thing about that army is if you're going to have the cheapest shittiest troops in the entire game. They need to be cost-effective. You want them to be at least 14-piece assembly, right? Yeah, exactly. And the worst part is is that, that they did release that as a multi-kit, which does have way too many pieces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, if And you, they weren't that much better, especially when you're... No, they were no different. At the time, six ranks into the unit, and nobody's looking at them because they're effectively wound tokens at that point in time. Yeah, yeah like, they're expensive and time-consuming wound tokens. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Play Kings of War, people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, uh, all in all, though, it, it's really exciting. Um, and yeah, let's just take a second. Those trolls. Yeah. yeah. Dear God. The character troll, the giant one, I'm not as much of a fan of. Did you see the variant version? No. There's variants. Oh, dude, go to the the next week's pre-orders. I will. It's in there. Um, it's The stone troll was probably, out of all the models used in fantasy, maybe one of the oldest ones that hadn't been updated yet. Yeah, I actually like those models, even the old ones. I thought they were well done. They, no, they were great models. Yeah. But aesthetically, they were so far behind. And they were also, like, the size of an orc boy with the new generation of orc boys. Which ones am I thinking of? I'm thinking of the trolls. I like the current the trolls. Stone, the river trolls? You're thinking of the river You're thinking trolls? of river trolls. No, river stone trolls. Because there's river trolls and stone really trolls. I remember them. Holding a rock the stone troll set. got the really bad one in the old starter set. But he didn't get a full unit right away. Or that was not a stone right? troll. That was a regular troll. That was just a because orcs troll? have had three kinds of trolls over the years. Cool. Regular <laughs> trolls, stone trolls, and the uh, river trolls. And I'm gonna pull up the old school and, stone trolls for and you. None of them have involved troll tolls to get into boys' holes. Oh. Souls, souls. You're sorry. Right. Make sorry. sure you yeah, enunciate, dude, Frank. Sorry, dude. I'm, sorry, I'm chewing Frank. gum. I'm chewing gum. I apologize. Can you edit that one out? <laughs> no. Jesus. Anybody that watches it's always sunny will know the joke. Yeah, I get it, but dude, it's fine. Yeah, Nightman cometh. It's all good. You got to pay the toll to get into that <laughs> boy's soul. <laughs> Thank you for enunciating. Enunciate. <laughs> really important. 
Those were the stone trolls. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. I like those. Yeah, they're they're nice, but they're so out of date. I yeah. think they're cool. They were super nineties. Yeah, nineties nineties yeah. are okay though. Got nothing. I got no problem with the nineties. But they just, anyways, they didn't quite match. The new ones, though, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, they are a step up, I'll give you that for sure. But, I mean, everything that's been done from a hand sculpt in literally a two-piece, uh, like, metal press mold versus the current CAD uh, injection plastic molding, is it's not even remotely the same. It's crazy. At least the modern version. Now that they've worked at all the kinks and they started getting character back in the models. Yeah, and Forge World with the sculpting, I will give them credit, um... With the newest Space Wolf character, the guy with the axe and the um, heavy bolter, it's like they finally discovered how to digitally sculpt fur again. Because that model's fur cloak looks I just also, as good as the old style ones that were like hand sculpted. I also think that the guy that they've got painting the Space Wolves for Forge World, they need to maybe find somebody else. It doesn't seem to be the same artist. That, but it, regardless, the, the sculpt itself, the fur doesn't have like the weird... Like string of bananas that they're calling a fur cloak, like the old ones. Yeah, like, I know which one you're talking about. Some of those uh, heresy space wolf models have terrible fur cloaks, but yeah. we'll see if his heavy bolter um, ends up being upside down or not. So, moving on to the more important um, goblin release. Even more out. important than the space wolf hero? Yes. Well, the most important goblin release that's I'm even been announced to be coming out is. The new Blood Bowl stuff. We finally get our hooligans. Oh, yeah, right. We finally get our Doom Divers and our Pogoers from Forge World. There's a second troll, and they're on the way soon. Yay. So the Blood Bowl <laughs> goblins are completely g now. It's going to be amazing. Cool. So. Oh, they're not going I'm glad you're excited. It's going well, it's through. Forge World, whatever. But, like, official, official shit. Well, that, that's why they're not excited party. anymore because of the prices. Right, like it's getting, it's going to be. Pretty, oh yeah, that's gonna if be any of them are gross. plastic, they'll be reasonable. I don't know if they are. No, these no. are all resin. <laughs> They're all resin. It's gotcha. not going to be reasonable. Good luck. So it's not going to be like that first plastic troll that's like thirty dollars or twenty five dollars or something ridiculously cheap. Yeah, yeah. But when I can get one for twenty five and have to drop like forty or fifty on it, like, I, I'm I, excited because it's the missing link that I wanted a long time ago. I'm just pissed off that it happened after all the price hikes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> Especially now that the pound is so shitty compared to the dollar. Like, come on. Well, you you know that's why. You know, like, oh, Brexit is 2.0 or whatever is going to happen. Yeah, we need to get, like, you know, conversions independence or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, was, that was a very strategic move on their part to ensure Forge World remains profitable. Because <laughs> yeah. the, pound, the pound and uh, the way they were selling it before, it was going to potentially hurt them pretty good. Yeah, I yeah. don't actually have a problem with that. Selling local currency, it's fine. No, they're not, though. Are they going to be? No, that's the problem. Forge World is now, you can only order it, it comes from the States, and it is, once you're in Canada, this is the fixed rate, and it's 20 to 30% above the straight across currency. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So local currency is the thing that they need to do to get that currency independence. Okay. Yeah, I think we're talking about the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's it's from a company, like, corporate perspective, it makes 100% make sense. It yeah. just kind of sucks that when they did it, they inflated the price a little bit. Yeah, I agree. But a little bit? That's also... It's, they got rid of the $500 minimum order for free shipping. It's now only 150 on a permanent basis. No, it's not. I thought they switched it back. Well, they, they brought it in temporarily, and then they said it's going to be a permanent fixture. Yeah. Okay. Because so many people complained. Yeah. Uh, and I also think that as soon as the pound goes back up, if that does happen, then... We're still... No, you know what? They won't switch it back. They'll just leave it the same. Yeah, but I mean, no, but it'll be less of a shitty deal for us once the pound goes back up. Yeah. So, and in the weird universe where Brexit leads to 
the most profitable time in British history, which I doubt, but at you least, never know. At least for GW. We're at least protected against a horrible exchange rate. There's gonna there's many politicians in the e, e, in the UK that would tend to agree with your point. I think they might be delusional, but they great, are delusional. Great for gamers. I'm just saying right in the in the Brexit, corner case, Brexit world. is great for gamers. Yeah, <laughs> really is. Um, but yeah, overall, like I'm super excited to see the goblins. More so the squakes personally because I don't want to paint a hundred goblins again. Yeah, that sucks. I've been that down that awful. road. I, sounds absolutely awful. Didn't Barnaby and Ward do a painting bet with goblins once where Barnaby won with, like, one goblin painted Correct. at the end? Just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to get that out there. Wait, so that went by... They did a several-month-long goblin painting bet, and the winning tally was one. Oh, my God. Barnaby painted one goblin and one by default. I was going to say, <laughs> Barnaby has a goblin army. I know he has the spider riders. Yep. Yeah, but this was, this was like... 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but he won with one painted model in their contest. So history is something to go by when, when dealing with ward and painting bets, yes. is what you're saying. The man is consistent. Yeah, he is consistent. Yeah, okay. 100%. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, can't it's talk weird. about goblins and not talk about that. No, it's, it's very weird. Um, speaking of history, why don't we talk about 2018 and gaming? Oh, I thought we were going to talk about that other sweet... Uh, goblin hero from history. I guess technically he's a villain. Are we just going to skip over... Are we going to skip over my hilarious story into uh, Google searches and what the fuck did I just buy? You know what? Let's... We should just, skip over just, it. Just do it. Just do <laughs> it. We should skip, oh, we just, should skip over just it. Just do it. And he wasn't, wasn't he not a goblin? Well, he was a vampire, but his name was Hemogoblin. So he's not... That's a, that's immediately stupid. How is a vampire named Hemogoblin? Well, Because he, he gobbles Hemo. And he has but pointy it's not ears. Fucking dumb. It's so pointy. Fucking it's, dumb. It's, it's, it's a DC villain. Before you, you even, before you even start into the the train wreck that he <laughs> is, the game the, the name immediately is awful. It's just stupid and dumb, and you haven't even got into the character. I don't know because I came up with the name, and I was like, "That is a cool ass fucking name. That needs to be a thing." And then I googled it and went, "Oh no, Hemogoblin is the worst character in comic book history." Well, villain. Because we've also found one good guy that might be worse. <laughs> yeah, but he was, he's not worse. He's just more offensive. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways. But yeah, basically, if you want to prove how fucking terrible DC Comics is at its worst, just look up Hemogoblin. Read his little blurb for his history with uh, New Guardians or whatever. So just, Holy shit, it's abysmal. Just to let our, uh, our listeners know what they're in for, what's his superpower? Well, his superpower, I assume, is no. He's got. He's a vampire. He's so a vampire. Vulnerability then, yeah. and. But what makes him better than a normal vampire? The fact that he gives superheroes HIV. Okay, we're good. We can move on. We can move on. We've said enough. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it's uh, bad, and it gets worse. Just keep keep reading. Oh, it gets so much want. worse. It's, it's insane. So anyway, much worse. Anyway, in my head, it out of his eyes. In my head, I was just thinking, Hemogoblin. That sounds super cool. Like red goblins. Yeah. Like, red goblins on green squigs. I was like, that could be a really cool color scheme. So I looked up fucking Hemogoblin, checking to see if blood goblins were a thing, and it got so bad. So bad. <laughs> well, on that depressing note. Thanks, yeah. DC Comics. Now, we sh- we sh- do we want to move on to the worst thing of 1988? Because we can start with that and go all the way up to 2018. New Guardians us. Volume 1. New Guardians Volume 1 in 1988. The worst. Debut, and also, simultaneously, the best. and death of the Hemogoblin. Yeah. Great. Okay, cool. 88 we've covered now. Can we move on to 2018? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 
you know, I, every time we go to do something like this, it's always really hard for me to think back of like, okay, what the fuck was actually released? And to give us a point of reference, uh, the Nur- the new Nurgle Demons came out in January of last year. What? Yeah, that makes sense because uh, we would have. No, had, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't make sense at all. That was clearly like eight years ago. No, in Vegas when I won uh, the prize, one of them was the brand new uh, Great Cleveland. Yeah, does not compute. Yeah, yeah. No. That was a year ago. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it feels like it was ten years ago. Okay, so I what was I don't like this? What did we have for major releases? This uh, okay, so I mean, for forty k, it's basically like you look at the meta from like LVO to now and how much it shifted because Imperial Knights came out during that period. The Castellan came out. Did you guys see Games That's Workshop crazy. did an amazing video where they talked about the highlights? Of the releases that came out in 2018, it was Duncan and the other painter. Yeah. Peachy. Yeah. And they did not go into all of the details. When an army came out, they would show a couple boxes. Yeah. But it was basically like, uh, there was Kill Team, there was Rogue Trader. It was a full-length feature film for 2018. Yeah, there was all of the new Lord of the Rings stuff. There was Titanicus. There was like four gangs for Necromunda. There was four teams for Blood Bowl. That might be right. Correct. They said four. I'm going off of what they said. Yeah, they they did one every quarter. There was brand new terrain kits. Several different generations. Well, because there was two Necromunda kits in the starter set. And then the four additional that have come out since then, they now have all six. Well, what were the four that came out this year? I can only think of the one, which is the Vansars. The Vansars, the Cador, the, Cador, the, the Orlocks. Orlocks. Oh, fuck, and the Cador, Cador and the Orlocks. I forgot about them. What was the fourth? Cador, Vansars. That's right. Yeah, holy shit. I the yeah, the Eshers and the Goliaths were in the starter set, and all four of the main houses. They were, that was all this year. Yeah. Titanicus was all this year. Well, I knew that. that that's relatively um, recent. So there was the Necron... Mechanicus starter set. There was the. Oh, they leaked Forge Bane. They leaked <laughs> Armagers. That's right at LVO. Armagers haven't been out a year. The new Castellans. Whoa, they didn't leak the. They kind of leaked the Castellan, but they leaked it. No, closer. no, but I'm saying the new Castellans were 2018. Yes, totally. I knew that. I forgot about the Armagers, though, because the Armagers were in Forge Bane, but I also completely forgot that Forge Bane was this year. Deepkin, 2018. Yeah, Daughters of Cain. 2018. Yeah, less of a thing because not a whole new army. <laughs> but like, but there's still a lot of new yeah, kids totally, in there. Totally. Yeah, that was a whole new model range. I don't disagree. Top to bottom. But just not a total new army. Like they had some. The Cauldron of Blood was reused, wasn't it? Sorry, yeah. I You're guess, the, daughters I guess the, the Witch daughters Elves. Came, the Witch Elves, like two yes. kits that they had. Yeah. Totally. The basic <laughs> infantry, cavalry, and the Cauldron of Blood were the three kits that they yes, had before. Correct. Plus maybe one Witch character on foot. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> other than that, it's an entire new range. Um, we've got how many codexes would have come out this year? Oh, it's, it's a huge number. Well, I mean, how many fucking box sets came out this year? Kill Team came out this year. Yeah, yeah. Rogue Trader. I mean, for for codexes alone, it was uh, working backwards. Uh, orcs, um, Space Wolves, Space Wolves, for all Space Wolves entirely. Everyone, Knights, don't worry. <laughs> uh, Harlequins, Dark Eldar. I think we're this year because they yeah. weren't a thing at LV. Tau, Tau. Necrons. Tau, Necrons. What else? Uh, Blood Angels, maybe? No, Blood Angels are out at LVO. Dark Angels? Dark Angels are out at LVO, pretty sure. Yeah. Um, Thousand Suns? They were out. No, maybe not. They might not have been out. Can't. T- I'm not sure. They might have been out. But like, there's probably eight or nine fucking codexes that came out this year. I would, yeah, go with that for sure. Yeah. You know? 
Um, it was a good year for me because Harlequin and Dark Eldar. Oh, AOS too. Oh, yeah. yeah, second edition AOS. <laughs> There's the whole new. There was a handful of the um, Shadespire gangs came out. Night Vault came out. Yep. Um, Blackstone Fortress. Blackstone Fortress came out. Yep. Uh, yeah, Night Vault. Forgot about that one too. Right. Holy shit. Like, there's so much shit that came out in the last year. Yeah. And the worst part is, this is one fucking company. Yeah, I know. Like, and when we talk about this, there's so many releases that go on top of that that just kind well, of blow your they mind. They kind of, in my mind... Have Wrath taken, and Rapture came out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, in my mind, they've kind of taken, like, the the Trump approach to news, just bombard them, and just... So nobody talks about other companies. How can you? Like, there's just so much going on, you can't remember what happened last. It's just constant. Which isn't really a bad place to be when you're a gamer, unless you really, like, have a problem with spending money. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. the only way this is a problem. If you are honestly trying to keep up with every single release as it comes out, that is where it becomes a problem. Because that's just not possible. Yeah, totally. That is just not possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, even just financially, like, you couldn't buy them all if you tried, let alone assemble and paint Oh, them. totally. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Well, wasn't there, like, in the span of two months, we had new AOS... Kill Team, Titanicus was coming out. There was the Rogue Trader box. Yep. There was a, a handful. Blackstone. Blackstone. Yep. That um, was all like. There was two new. Hub, that was all like July through September. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Yeah. August. That August to September was fucking crazy. And don't forget the nipple clamps and uh, flashlight. Yes, true. Your hobby supplies. All important hobby supplies. Yeah. Like okay. So, so highlights for the year. I'll, what's, what's, I'll start with your favorite. I'll start for me. Uh, is it is it highlights of twenty eighteen in terms of product or like and lowlights in terms of product? Or are we just talking about experience in in general with gaming and all? Let's talk about product and then we can talk about gaming and hobby afterwards. Okay, so uh, probably highlight for myself was the Dark Eldar Codex. I know it's not a, a model as such, but I think that Codex was it's a product. Yes, yeah, I think it was so well written and. Um, so well put together. Uh, and it also, I think, set the tone for a lot of the other books coming forward. Like, orcs are very much in that same vein. Yeah. Right? Same sort of style army. Um, low light of the year was the... Well, let's, let's save it. We'll just do all highlights. Okay, all highlights. Mikey. All right. Uh, Adeptus Titanicus is mine. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's I know you like it. What's so much about? fun. I And I love painting them. They're so much fun to paint. It's awesome. He likes it so much. He's working on terrain right now. I know. That is that's pretty the, amazing. That and that terrain, even just assembling that terrain is a pain in the ass. I'm just surprised that that's the absolute, I guess, yeah. I mean, you, you like your robots. I do. I, I painted the one set up, and I'm actually painting up a second army. So that you can play with guys like us. Just, do yeah, the total. That are totally. The typical Mike move of, yeah. hey, have you seen this game? You're like, how the fuck I did never, I so I never made you buy anything. You never do. The drug dealers don't make you buy either. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> First hit is free. They make you want to buy. Exactly. Yeah. So I will probably echo that because most of the other releases have gone over my head to a large extent. Like I don't play AOS. I own I in name only play 40k really. You're in um, fine fine ground there. And and all the and like Blood Bowl and stuff as well. I play it and then I play real sports and I break my leg. Also a highlight of twenty eighteen. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say that's definitely a low light, but I continue on. But um yeah, the the Titanicus is one that I've been looking forward to for a long time just because that whole Epic, Battletech, whatever type of setting is, is very much my thing. 
Yeah. Um, it's not to say, obviously, that I finished fucking painting anything for that game. Nope, you did not. But those are some of the only models that I've even started painting in the last six months. But uh, you, you do yep. come back to things and finish them. It just takes you like 14 years. But they, it will happen. And it was also when it occurred to me when it occurred to me that I was taking a break from my BattleTech models, which were like a dark reddish orange with black trim and multicolored metals and desert basing. And I was to break things up, painting a Titanicus army that the one I picked for the fluff reasons. I'm like, oh, they're a dark, like orangey red with black and metal trim. And I'm doing brown bases on them, too. God damn it. I'm doing the exact same color scheme as my BattleTech force as my break from painting BattleTech. Yeah, it sounds smart. Woo, excitement. <laughs> Except this is with more sub-assemblies. So just paint some Raven Guard. <laughs> That's a perfect break. Yeah, just lots of fucking edge highlighting. <laughs> yeah, it's That'll be a fun so break. So much edge highlighting. But there's there's no like weird pre-mixed um, mixing pots of my mid-tone highlights and other bullshit involved if I paint Raven Guard. So that's kind of a bonus. Yep, totally. Yeah. Thomas. I don't know. So like all of the above. So here's the thing. You're kidding me. You're not going to go with orcs. Well, okay. So like the, if we if he says orcs, he'll have to specify. Problem one. If he just says green skins as a whole, <laughs> well, How can you not go with forty k orcs. <sighs> I don't understand. You hurt his feelings. You did. No, no. But but here's the thing. Going into this segment, <laughs> I'm like forty k orcs. Forty k orcs. Forty k orcs. I don't know what fucking model I'm gonna say. Probably the... Um, Why not go with the Codex? Well, obviously the Codex. Like, But here's the thing. That's the obvious choice for me, and it's one that I feel like, okay, I could make. But then when I think about all the other shit that came out, like, if it wasn't for Kill Team, I might not have already been primed and ready to get into Orcs in 40k. They did prime the shit out mm. of your pump. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they didn't go in dry. Like, they spit on it first. Oh, that's... Uh, that's wow. So, <laughs> you realize they do have oil squigs, right? Like, you could have thought of that. <laughs> oil does not go inside body stand. It's true. Certain petroleum types do, but continue on. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's produced by a living organic thing, it's it's a natural oil. It's that's, natural. That's, anything now natural, we're talking about squigs. Anything no, natural yeah, is good mm, for you. I'm not even okay with this. Yeah, it, 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 it's problematic. But, like, the sad thing is, and I'm actually really bummed about it, I haven't actually played a game of Kill Team yet, but I'm still so excited about for what that game can do. Yeah. And I think that the the new arena set is gonna yeah. bust that game wide open. Yeah. Because all of a sudden Ironically by confining it. Well I think it's actually good for a game little, uh, in a lot of cases. You can now take kill team without having to worry about terrain to yeah. your tabletop cafes yeah. to anywhere. Because it's, it's corridor fighting. I do actually tend tend to think that that's a better way of doing it. Like I always really, really liked the rules that they had for Battlefleet Gothic to take your shipboarding actions and play them out on the table. I always like Zone Mortalis. And, and that's what Kill Team was, you know, fifteen years ago. Yeah. Like yeah, Zone Mortalis was always great because great take your long range shooting firepower dreadnought and Zone Mortalis or whatever and then just sneak up on it. And it works. Like you can end up playing all sorts of janky uh, infantry types and the you know the the dirty dozen style squads, which I think are really cool. But like, imagine if you will, we played that vigilance game where the scenario, the win objective, was getting a character across into the city. You then go and using the leader or commander's rules can take an orc war boss yeah. and play in that kill team in that arena that looks like the inside of a building. Mm-hmm. So like. Hunt the orc down inside the city, which would be super fun inside the hive. Right, but there's yeah. all these really cool things you can do and. Yeah. Like, it feels to me like they're really hammering home for the first time ever, like, hey, Kill Team is a viable thing, <clears throat> and they haven't slowed down the releases for it yet. Yeah. 
And Kill Team is the thing that, honestly... Well, Kill Team, though, for them is so minimal in terms of support that they need to provide. Like They're spending okay. more time printing boxes than they are printing new models. Totally, which is a very But there's new thing. rules and tokens and expansions for different, like... The, the really cool thing about it is that they're packaging all of the products and, like, you buy this box and you get a, a board to play on and the terrain to go on it and special rules and stratagems and shit to play with So it. that's one of the things I think that GW is actually doing really well is they think they've kind of shifted from, like, oh, we're a miniatures company, you buy the thing and then you might be done with us and you, you never come back. Like, to me, it's a business model, right? We yeah. sold you the model airplane and you don't come back for three years. Where now it's those narrative and It's almost a subscription boxes. service. <sighs> they literally do have a subscription service. It's just not in North America. Yeah, like it's it's almost a subscription service in terms of you just keep buying every month for your games that you like, and then you might not get new models, but you're getting new IP, new like new content, and you're just basically getting new rules and new content the whole time. And I think that's actually more sustainable for them. It also doesn't necessarily. They're making a transition to a services company. Yeah, which is actually not a terrible plan. Like, they're certainly your, not the only one. Sell your sell your models, do that because that's what you're going to be known for. But if you want to keep your revenue up, that's how you got to grow the hobby. That's how you, that's how yeah. it's going to work. And not only that, but when you look at Shadespire and Kill Team, they have organized play in tournament packs. How long were we asking? Remember, I don't remember if I was working with you guys at the time, but when we were first running out of the basement. Um, the first few years, we tried reaching out to Games Workshop to be like, yo, we're running this tournament, it's for charity, it's a local thing, what can we do, or what can, can do you guys have anything we could, like, buy off of you, or, like, posters or anything? You know what we got as responses? Yeah, nothing. No. If you use our IP, we will sue you. Yeah. Was the response we got from this fucking company. Whereas... Times have changed. But, yeah, so times have changed, so, like, as much as I want to say orcs... Because Orcs, for me, is fucking amazing. And Mike, so good for you, because we're both really excited about 40K, <laughs> and we're working on shit, and I'm not going to get like complete that goal, so I'm going to buy you some soup. But I'm still working on shit, right? Like it's, oh, absolutely. I'm we, just, should, we should buy him the soup that we own on the same day, so he can't really fully enjoy it, so it's wasteful. What? Too much soup. No. <laughs> no, you can't do that. <laughs> That's really funny. That's how we get our revenge. Just like him to pull the soup at the same um, time. Yeah, so I'm not going to meet a thousand <laughs> points really within a week and a half. But at the same time, like it's because I started branching out, still working on the project, still having a lot of fun with it, um, playing a few more games. So I love the orcs, for me personally. But fuck, you know what? It's just Games Workshop. This is a weird podcast for me. This is a very weird podcast. You know what I feel? I'm going to predict my highlight for 2019. Is it's going to be the... Me hating GW in some weird turn of events because I, I don't know what to think now. <laughs> I can just see one of the big highlights of the 2019 being the culmination of um, like the California wildfire fire, like charity painting donations and other yeah. stuff that GW is helping with. Oh, how can it fucking not be? I mean... You can argue that that certainly straddles 2018 and 19, yeah. and who doesn't like a good straddle from time to time? But no, that that type of a thing, which again, compared to the previous response of, you run a charity event and mention any of our IP and we'll sue you, compared to this, yeah. like that is, that's insane. Yeah, totally. But I mean, you also, they're an entertainment company. You have to be willing to let people enjoy your IP. Like, it's not like people are taking your IP and copying it. 
and, and guess, then immediately turn, like creating a business out of it. But I guess they're doing that now too with those like fan made CGI cartoons and stuff, which yeah. are now like an officially like yeah, it went black for like thing. six months, and people were like, "What the hell's going on?" And then Games Workshop comes around and is like, "Oh yeah, no, we're paying the money to do it now." Yeah, because it's good. Why not do that? That's I mean, yeah. that's brilliant. If you have people that are willing to start up businesses in your shadow, CBS could learn a thing. Acquire them. CBS could learn a thing or two. Yeah, totally. No more poop face Klingons. No more Let's suing Axonar. Not do Star Trek ever again on a major network. Just always. yeah. <laughs> but like even the three ways. It's cool. To they'll do it on a streaming service instead. Oh. But like the three ways to play is so good. Yep. Because they've they've actually they've followed it with every release they've yep. done. Yep. Chapter approved has something for all three modes of play. Yep. Vigilus has something for all three modes of play. Yep. Like, there's so much content, no matter who the fuck you are, you can enjoy their games now and have as much support as anyone else. Yep, totally. Like, it's so good. Yep. yep. But at the end of the day, fucking orcs. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long wow, one for me. that was all to leave. Yeah, it was, it was a bit, but I think... I enjoyed it thoroughly because it's uh, everything that I've been saying for a while, even when it was bad, because I was See, just... Here's like, the problem. When you were saying it three years ago, it wasn't true. <laughs> no, what I was saying back then, and I, this is this is the honest to god truth, is yeah, the company is bad. The way they do events, the way they support their system is not great. And in fact, I'm looking to play other games and that kind of stuff. However, their lore and background has always been incredible, and that's always what kept me playing this game. Yeah, is I loved the way they've produced models in terms of just the aesthetic. And the background. That's what yep. kept me through. And if you're not, like, super interested in sci-fi orcs that fit into this very specific 40k, like... Like, there's a lot of different orcs that you can play in different games. And, and or the armies that play this play similar and that kind of thing, right? Yep. They drop zone commander. You can play Sheltar, and you're basically playing Eldar. Sure. If you like that play style, it's... All, in a lot of ways, it's actually better still than probably 8th. It's a really good game. Uh, but, but if you want to play Eldar and you want to play Wraiths and you want to play the Avatar and that kind of stuff because you like that background, you're kind of stuck back in those days. Now yeah. it's just best of both worlds. And I've been thinking about a lot. I look at the Orc Codex. There's nothing in there that I, I can't see a use for. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Anyways. And the, the other thing that's crazy too is a lot of the really competitive players have the exact same sentiment. Which is crazy. That that's they're such talking a hard about, thing to do. Like, I just was listening to a clinic last night because one of the things with that coaching service that I also joined this year, which is another thing that's new, uh, Matt Root, or Rutt if you're American, and he is, so Rutt, uh, joined the um, as a coach, and they have very different um, styles of coaching. One was that the Blood Angels guy? No, he's the orc player. Oh. His name on Facebook is Matt Gorkenwork. Uh, oh. And he won the ITC the year before Nick. Like he's by no means with orcs. With uh, yes, but I think he had accounts as orcs army because he was orcs were not competitive. That would have been I think in the tail end of seventh. But okay. now he's playing actual orcs with his real orc army, and he was talking <clears> about <throat> yeah. Some people like Ludas, but I think right now the codex is just new enough that people haven't figured out all the builds. I really like the idea of tank busters in battle wagons. Like, and he's saying yeah. that's super competitive. You know, and like that's something that you can do. Anyways, point is the fact that not everybody's just immediately settled on one build and that's all you can play is pretty crazy. Yeah. So now for the really fun one, the stinkers of 2018. Oh, okay. Uh, Who wants to go first? I will. I just have one. It's when uh, 
Drop Zone Drop Fleet got sold to that the was new gaming, and it just went downhill. There was no support. They didn't do anything. Yeah, what they tried to fix, they didn't fix. Has literally yeah. anything happened since? There is stuff that's been happening, but they they slowed down so bad, and they didn't have any support for so long that people just gave up on it. People just stopped. And the rules still aren't even out yet. No. For the new edition. The only release that I know of for any of that shit is they released the flora and fauna. Basically just like monsters that are NPCs running around the table. They're kind of cool. Though they're fucking cool. But yeah, <clears throat> give us a goddamn enough. second edition. Yeah, totally. I agree. I think it was one of the disappointments for sure of the year. Um, well, now I have to think of one. So somebody else has to pick one. Well, you could still have to say one. I'm just saying that was mine. That was the big... There's got to be another one. There's got to be one more. Uh, for me, I actually, I'm really, Privateer Press oh. is really trending down right now. Like, uh, they've bled this a is lot of talent. They've, well, yeah, they've bled a lot of talent. But one of the other things that's really bothered me about them is that uh, I was at Lock and Load in June. Okay. And they talked about a fuck ton of cool releases. We still haven't even seen most of it yet. Like, it, I feel the other thing too is that the previous lock and load when they were, when they announced, um, uh, Company of Iron was basically their version of Kill Team before Kill Team, but after Kill Team, anyways. Um, announced before. Well, it was it after. No, because there there was a Kill Team back when, but it wasn't this Kill Team. Yeah. Well, like basically their skirmish game, which I actually think is a really good game. They taught they released it and they're like we're gonna have more stuff for it. It's gonna be a thing. And just nothing. And they got rid of No Quarter, which was their magazine that had a lot of cool content in it. Um, they have really... they've Most of their community engagements through their CID, which is how they're doing... Um, it's basically like community integrated design or whatever the fuck it stands for. It's the public beta testing yeah. rules. Okay. For everything. So they're engaging with the community on that front, but they're not really doing anything new or interesting or cool. The game's getting pretty stagnant, and it just... They seem to be losing fans left, right, and center. The only thing I'm really worried about is that Lock and Load has been one of my favorite events, more for the people than really for the War Machine yep. and for the style event that like it is. If, it, if, it, if you replace War Machine with Age of Sigmar, would you go? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. It's the style of the event that I love so much. Yeah. Um, normally, by this time of year, we have dates announced and venues and everything. Nothing? Nothing yet. Interesting. Like, I don't know. It's just... Interesting. Like they, how much do you? How much do you have to pay to go to lock and load? Because I imagine that it's a loss leader for them to an extent. Oh, of course it is. It's like seventy some bucks U.S. So it's not a lot. No, they're definitely not making the money back. No, but at the same time, it's they also make a lot of money at the store that weekend. Yeah, because they sell all the new shit a few months ahead of time. Yeah, and, for sure. A few um, years ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's. <laughs> And it's also, it's it's like how Games Workshop used to do it with the Games Days, right? Where yeah. you would create so much buzz at that event. And there's so many things they've talked about over the years, like um, inc- incorporating Alexa into War Room. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Did to that go- actually ever become a no. thing? No. Of course not. I'm so, like, all this really cool shit that they talked about doing just seems to never come to fruition. And it's just really sad, because they were in a place where they could actually... Not compete with Games Workshop, because fuck it, no one can. And provide a credible alternative. Yeah, like, be those guys. Because I'm sorry, like, weird, you're basically dead. You would be my shittiest of 2018 if you mattered anymore. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. 
Although it, is there me, like a four-way tie for like Spartan level? You know, tier of non-existence. No, nothing is Spartan bad? level. I'm sorry, like that. No, like there. No, like let's no. let's be real here. You know what's interesting through this whole thing that we're talking about? This Infinity has been slowly putting out quality miniatures this whole time. But they've just kind of kept their head in the sand, you know, and just kept doing what they're doing. They, which I think is what you need to do when somebody's as aggressive as GW around you. Whereas weird fuck themselves because trying, trying to go shot for shot with GW is suicide. Yeah, you yeah. can't just do what you do well. Because yeah. weird did the other side, which fucked them. Which is what? What did they? What happened? To them? Uh, the other side is a Kickstarter for a larger scale That's game right. that. on the yeah. other side of yeah. the breach back in Earth. Yeah, and that was much like Drop Fleet, which is kind of the beginning of the end for Drop Zone. Yeah, was a Kickstarter that they couldn't fulfill in a meaningful time frame. There's people still complaining about not having had that shit. It's been on shelves for months. But no, it's it's that massive chasm between being a successful small miniatures gaming company with like a half dozen staff and like a really lean production line trying to grow to be anything remotely on par with Games Workshop where it took them decades to do it to become this like billion dollar juggernaut with hundreds if not thousands of staff. Like transitioning from one to the other is yeah. an enormous challenge that a lot of companies are trying to do in a couple of years, which would take you know organically decades and that is fucking over a lot of companies they do the kickstarters as an established company as a way to try and jump that gap yeah like dukes of hazard style just like yeah but you know they gotta learn to fly or start flapping their wings because that that ain't ain't gonna work yeah yeah okay so that's yeah that's your go around yeah i could talk about more there's a lot of stinkers but i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave a certain starter set for dan (laughs) <laughs> okay. You knew. You knew. <laughs> uh, mine's gonna be real quick, so you can we can segue into that. I'm gonna yeah, jump mine, in first. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Mine is not gonna be long either. But go ahead. Okay, go first then. Okay, the vaporware BattleTech starter set, which hilariously, uh, despite all of their insistence that it'll make their Christmas release, apparently there may have been like a couple of stores that got a couple of starter sets like a day before Christmas. Nice. But the vast majority of people still have not seen it in flesh. That's fantastic. So, yeah, starter set that might make it before February when it was supposed to come out God knows how long ago, like, starting in the spring. Yeah, you've been talking about that for a while. Uh, mine is the Castellan Knight for GW. I think it's their, one of the few complete rules flops that's really, really hurt the meta. Just because it, could, yeah, was so good that it became that no-brainer choice. It invalidated every vehicle because of those stupid volcano lands. Uh, and then admittedly, they did um, fix it in a lot of cases. Like, they fixed the CP thing where you could put so much... You could continually do the, the Order of Companions. The one thing that I've heard that's interesting is uh, Chapter Approved uh, 2018. It was written in June, which was, like, right when the Castellan came out. So the points increases that Knights did not see are not in there yet. But it'll get hit by the FAQ. It'll only be another, what, year? Six no, six months because they do the FAQ and then chapter approved. Yeah. So, Steve, I got a question for you. How many points is it right now? With six oh four. Six oh four. Yeah, it should be probably seven oh four. It should probably be about hundred points more. So it should be in like stomp a territory. Yep, probably twenty. Just because the amount of damage that the resiliency plus damage that it has is just crazy. And I think seven oh four is fine. That's okay. Like yes, at that point in time, you have the weight of numbers of other vehicles that it, it kind of works. Yeah, I think it's fine. It's just it was way too cheap. Um, yeah. And you're right, like, they came out with all these cool models between Dreadnoughts and Contemptors and Leviathans and, like, this whole ecosystem of vehicles that just ceased to exist for the last year. Or the Volcano Cannon needs to be D3 shots. 
Is it D6? It's D6 shots, 3D3 damage, strength 14, AP minus 5 or 6 or something stupid. That's too good. It's way too good. Yeah, either drop the shots or massively increase the points cost. I think yeah. either one's fair. The the or plasma both. the plasma can't uh, and the fact that you have order of companions with it, which is reroll ones for everything, hits wounds, uh, damage, and number of shots for th- uh, three CP yeah. for the all the weapons <laughs> on the entire thing is nuts. Like that's what made it like bleh, like insane. And order of companions originally was two CP, so they bumped that up by one. They changed the regen thing with the guard, so they know these things are a problem. I think just chapter approved. That's kind of ties in with the whole thing. It was a bit of a problem. Chapter approved did increase its points. That's my down, my low light of the year, which means Redemptor Dreadnoughts are still a little, little sad when they play a Castellan. Well, everything's sad when it plays a Castellan. Redemptor Dreads are so cool. I wish you'd sell them on the table more. Anyways. Yeah. I still don't like their feet. They're, they're from the knee down, I hate them, so I, I, I just hate them entirely. Okay, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> okay, whatever. That makes, you know, it makes a lot of sense. For, Do we want to? You, you know how I have very strong negative feelings about feet. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Can we can we quickly do uh, personal highs and lows, hobby wise? Yeah. Did Dan go? Oh, no, he yeah, did. Okay, yeah. We forgot about it. Just like apparently the parent company forgot about the starter set. Oh my god! Who the fuck even knows what happened to that starter set? But yeah, maybe a- maybe by February. So my personal highs and lows: uh, LVO for both. Really happy with uh, second for hobby. Yeah, you should be. Holy shit. Oh, one and five is shit. <laughs> that is that is the worst I've ever done in a tournament. It sucked. Did not have a particularly great time because yeah. it was just it was that was bad. I played very poorly. Like the thing is, it wasn't the opponents. Like I, I'm not mad that I lost all those games. That was the worst I've played at a tournament. Like for me, does that make if that makes any sense? Sure. No, I hear you. Yeah, very disappointed in myself. And for, for that. Some, and for something that is built up to be like the highlight of your gaming year, yeah, to just to have, have a disappoint. Like a, that's that's tough. Total brain fart weekend where you just suck and you make bad decisions. Like consistently, you can look at every single one of your games and go, "Yeah, I made a lot of ma- bad mistakes." Like that was my game to lose. That's a that's a tough one. I did not enjoy that. Yeah, I guess for me, I'm trying to remember what my um, pr- what my resolutions were, and I feel like it was just play more games and have more fun. I feel like that might be a mission accomplished. I think most of us have defaulted to those because we realize that we won't remember our resolutions, let alone follow through on them. No, so we but, just keep it nice and vague. <laughs> but like, I think for me, a lot of it was still do the hobby, but like find more opportunities to play more games. Yeah, and I, I think I did it, man. Yeah, like I played in so many Blood Bowl events in the last, yeah, really in the last two years. Uh, I think the other one of get a forty k army up and running was a bit of a failure, but. The demons were just too fucking boring. Like, I couldn't get into them. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, after the podcast, we could talk about some of the demon lists that are doing well for Nurgle look like like 190 Plague Bears. Yeah. Done. <laughs> no, <laughs> seriously. Awful. What was every single conversation awful. you and I had about competitive Nurgle was just like, how 2, could you lose? Points, 2,000 points divided by Plague Bear. Well, plus a couple Scriveners. Yeah, that's exactly what the list was. Yeah, I also got to show you. I got to show you this. Oh. It's it's bar worthy. That's kind of like the undefeated uh, 40k's Thousand Suns army that had two power armored Thousand Suns models right. in it. Just Zangor divided by. <laughs> Didn't have any Zangors. Well, that's weird. No, it had because it was like I think it was like Magnus, Demon Princes, oh, Armin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might have had a couple of cultists in it, yeah. like. It had literally no space marines other than Ariman. Like it was, but it was like this undefeatable, yeah. insane tournament army because it was nothing but 
like OP psychers and, yeah. and, and shenanigans. Yeah, but, I, I tend to agree. <laughs> I think that was a bit of a, a stretch at the time. It seemed okay, but Nurgle is boring. You have to have that kind of play style. Cool yeah. models. Yeah, there were cool models, and but by the time it got into like doing the the hall for the plague bearers, and what really killed me was actually the playgrounds because those models were a, such a pain in the dick to work on. But from physically holding them yeah. to trying to paint those weird details. To then, like, how the fuck am I going to transport this to games? I'm not going to lie to you. I honestly think dipping those models is not a terrible idea. Airbrush and dip. Like, I might. Or just get, again, the Vallejo model washes, which are airbrushable, and they still go on wet. Like My problem is I've, I've painted enough where I'd have to repaint the ones I've painted to get yeah. that kind of yeah, in line. Yeah, they match. Um, so I'll do it eventually, yeah. but not anytime soon. Not when i got the orcs in front of me, man. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I think, for me, the, the biggest highlight of 2018 was really kind of getting back to my roots. Back like, to orcs? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, honestly. Um, and just kind of, I was able to streamline things down a little bit. Like, I've played a lot of Blood Bowl. I've been playing a lot more Shadespire. Um, you and I have been playing some more 40K. Yeah. Setting, like, reasonable goals of, like, what I can actually work on for a project. That 50 point game was really fun. I'm nice. really looking forward to playing more of that. Yeah. Um, just... Really been enjoying it, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. I got the, uh, although I will say individual moment highlight, huh. uh, finishing up my Melmachians to go play on Guerrilla War Games, it was a fucking hoot. <laughs> I get that. That would be fun. You know, like, just going to hang out with Jay and Ash again, like, I hadn't seen Jay in person in, like, six years. Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, that was, and having, like, his cat mutants and my, like, Melmachians, was a lot of fun. I question your life choices, both of you, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Dan, how about you? Or Mike? No, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's any big highlights, so though. It was all just so great. Charmed yeah. life. Charmed life. Although I, low, I think I could pick up my low, but it turned out well as when I thought I'd lost my uh, case and my miniatures. Oh, that, that was oh, a big Jesus. low. Oh, Jesus. I forgot. Yeah. That, that was a big low. I mean, it turned out okay, but man, it, it ruined that whole weekend for me. Yeah, the so thought I, of losing a painted army is terrifying. Yeah. For those that don't know, it was, actually did go missing. Like, Mike did not have it, and then somebody, a day later... Somebody took it. the wrong army no, no, case no, home. No, somebody grabbed, doubled the cases because they had a crowd. Anyways, it was a car, a <laughs> bunch of guys all going back and forth, but it was like four guys playing in the team, and basically he thought he was helping, and he grabbed the cases, and he grabbed mine too, and he threw it all in the car, and it didn't get noticed until the next day when they were in packs. Like, how come I have an extra case? Yeah. Well, at least it all worked out. Yeah, it all worked out. But yeah, it, it ruined the weekend. I for totally me. get that. <laughs> yeah, that would be like multiple sleepless nights, kind of. <clears throat> yeah, Dano. I think my shattering your leg. <laughs> that wasn't really it doesn't really count as part of the hobby. Hobby, it's yeah. hobby peripheral. That yeah. was such a positive hobby weekend, though. It, even like. <laughs> like sitting there around the picnic tables with a beer in one hand and an ice pack on my leg in the other. It was still a fun weekend with a broken leg. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was actually more about five days after I broke the leg because I was still walking on it because that initial x-ray was negative. Yeah. So walking on a broken leg for a week, just having it get dramatically worse every day. Yeah. That was the fucking problem. Yeah, hobby related. Um, I think it really was in a lot of ways just that the fact that I don't have a lot of highlights is a problem in itself. Like <coughs> for all my, you know, 
talk of again. I think my if there was a resolution, it was just do more hobby, do more hobby, have fun, enjoy this thing that I spend all this money on. And I, I did not follow through on that. Yeah, it was the normal. I didn't spend as much money on the hobby this year, which is good. Yeah, but so Psychanicus came out. <laughs> yeah, I spent a good amount of money on that, but like there was, but that didn't happen until what August September. It was one large purchase instead of multiple large purchases. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like ultimately. I mean, part of that was just because paying a mortgage, I do not have the uh, disposable income that I used to. Yeah. So it's kind of self, you know, it's not so much me making that decision as me not being able to spend that money because it's just not there. Yeah, fair enough. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's I definitely didn't do as much gaming. I didn't do as much hobby. And I didn't do as much of anything as I probably should have. Yeah. And I can only blame so much of that on busting my leg in the summer. Yeah, fair enough. But you know what you did do? You came out to that painting weekend. You went to a hobby event to participate. That's true. Which is the first time you've done that since... Fuck. Since the Alberta GT. Since I stopped going to X-Wing tournaments? Yeah, that too. Yeah. AGT was the last one that I consider to be real, because X-Wing's not real. Yeah, it was (laughs) probably, like, what, tail end of, like, 2016 that I, like, had gone to, like, any kind of a real tournament or event. Totally. So, but yeah, the, the AMSA painting weekend in Red Deer was a fucking blast, and doing more of those would be a lot of fun in the future. Unfortunately, cool. the Banshee, whatever style, like $500 painting weekends are just not in the cards anytime soon, but as much as badly as I want to know how to paint in those styles now, I just want to paint a Blackstone Fortress set in that, like, super crazy, like, well, you said purple and teal lighting with, like, just hints of the actual colors poking through. I want to do that so bad, but I have no idea where to even begin. So, but I can't afford to take those lessons. You said uh, those are not in the cards, but what I'm what I'm gathering from this then is like the eight hundred dollar Vegas weekend to do potentially the same class because the classes there are like twenty bucks. Like, <laughs> eh, certainly not. You said, next, you said certainly five, not next fucking month. You said five hundred is not in the cards. I'm just saying. <laughs> 800 was not 500. Well, but I think there's a bit of a conversation of a lot of us are really thinking uh, LVO 2020 is is really in the cards. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, I and, can't wait. And by then, by then I will be, like, freshly finished my car payments, too, which will help. Yeah. Because I have, like, zero flexibility in the monthly We should, we should right maybe now. try and make that work. We should get a little more serious about 2020. Do a thing. Like I said, man, every second year. It's, mm-hmm. I've just figured out that's the way I roll. Sure, yeah. Totally. So, and by then the orcs will be done. That is... My 2020 resolution, or 2019 resolution. Orcs done by 2020. 2,000 points of orcs. For LVO 2020. Yeah. Cool. I'm into it. That's it. it. I'm keeping it simple. My resolution is don't break my leg again. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Dude, don't play fucking... (laughs) Don't play real sports. Play Blood Bowl. It's safer. You can play more Blood Bowl. Although my dwarves had an amazing ability to die to halflings in that game that we played too. I should have known something was up. (laughs) It was pretty amazing. Dwarves go to push over a halfling... Fall over and die. Yeah, that's a problem. Like, oh, maybe I should not be playing sports-related things. Yeah. I'm, I'm playing flings this weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, you playing out of the basement? Yeah, Golden Sausage. Nice, awesome. Very cool. You playing out of the basement? Nope. How you can there be an event? You running? No. You help him run? You just, you just on the I'm sidelines? just not doing it. Okay. <laughs> I just not feeling it. How's that? Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But how can there be a halfling-themed Blood Bowl tournament in my city that serves beer that I don't go to? Fair enough. I get that. It's a fair right. question. Uh, we should move on. We're almost out of time. Are we? Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking a long time. That's fair. Um, <clears throat> yeah, really, it's how to get the most out of your vigilists. 
Yes. So the thing that I would recommend is actually read it. Don't just flip to the rules section. Start from the actual beginning and read the fluff. Oh, it's yeah. actually good. You can skim the Space Marines shit because it's not as good. Well, love, but, like, like, people like Space Marines. Go for it. Yeah, but you know what? Just learn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what you mean by learn. Like, learn to suck less. I don't know. But like the... What? <laughs> a lot of people... Okay, you're, learn to be orcs. You're the orcs. No, player. no, no. The Gene Stiller cult shit is amazing. The Gene Stiller The orc stuff is amazing. The Adeptus Mechanicus stuff is really cool. Because yeah, yeah. the shit they're doing to that planet... Oh, it's they're awful. They're, yeah. they're horrible. They're Halliburton on like 9,000 times steroids. They're yeah. awful. But really, really cool. Anyways... The point is, is read the background, because there's probably one of the armies you play is in that book, in yeah. some way. I mean, even Space Wolves are in there kind of thing. Uh, read the background. Um, pick some of the battles that you find interesting, or, or one of the areas that you're... like. So the way we played our game on, on last time we played was, what, was Thursday or whatever? Yeah, whatever it was. Uh, we picked an area that the Mechanicus is heavily involved in, so we picked Mega Borealis. Because it also bordered on where the orcs were. Yeah, so we just like literally looked at a map, and we were like, let's pick this area where both of our particular forces are. We rolled on a chart, and we got a scenario like set up for us. It was the most... like. There's so much thought clearly put into that book that you completely miss when you just skip to the rules section. Yeah, and playing it as a competitive expansion or whatever is definitely missing, like, 90% of the point. Mm-hmm. Well, seriously, those detachments are, what, like, 12 pages in the back of the... Maybe more like 20 pages in the back of the book. Yeah, they're, I would say they're pro- the, com- the The match play rules are probably... It's an appendix at best. A fifth of the books? No. Maybe? Sure? I don't know. Somewhere around there. I'd say way less, but yeah. Okay. Either way, it's not a lot of the book. Um... But the thing that they've clearly put a lot of thought into is how to run this as a campaign. And you don't have to run the full campaign, but you can definitely play the scenarios out of that campaign as one-offs. And the reason that I suggest you do that at minimum is because those scenarios are different than your regular match play scenarios. They add a bit of flavor to your games, and they have some really, really cool game mechanics that will actually make you a better player, I think, in a lot of ways, too. Um... There's a bunch of stratagems for each scenario that are actually themed to the particular scenario. So you you actually have to think about how you're going to build your army for a narrative mission that still takes can make use of those particular stratagems, which is really cool. Like your army would have really benefited from having a fighter bomb or a unit of burnas. Yeah, a unit of burna, which because really that's kind of what was happening in the fluff. And those unit of burna and fighter bomb are not maybe that the best thing in the world, but now you got a stratagem. You're going to learn how to play it. Makes your army a little different. Add some flavor. It's good. And then you can start building your armies around using them in this stuff, right? Yeah. Where it's less about, like, I think it would be so cool to know if you're the attacker or the defender, know what your new stratagems are, and then be able to build your list. Not know what your opponent's taking. Yeah. You know, but that way I know, like, okay, if I take the Burnas, if I take the the Dakajet, like, there's some cool shit in there. Yeah, play, the, the kind of, what we took away from this is if you play the scenarios out of this book and you take the competitive but themed approach... Right where okay, I'm gonna play Stygies Eight uh, Ad Mech. It's all I'm gonna play, but I can take whatever I want within Stygies Eight to make the best defender or attacker in a particular situation, which is exactly what they would do in the actual campaign if you were trying to be a little bit more narrative, right? Like if the if the Magos was setting up a force to go uh, raid an orc encampment, he probably would have played what I took to defend that city against you. Yeah, <laughs> which was not the best plan I've ever had. Um, but I think yeah, basically if you go through the narrative section of this 
and don't just throw it away, you're going to get a lot out of the book, and it will make you a better player, I think, too. And you don't have to do, like, a very specific campaign in it, because they have the Nihilus events table. Yeah, totally. Which is Which random. is I'm saying, you don't have to run a campaign. Like, the other thing from a lot of the other books is you wanted to run the full campaign to get the, the flavor out of it, or, or the full value. This, you don't have to. You can do these as one-offs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, honestly, for me, um, looking at this, where I think the most value is going to come from it, to be fair, is a campaign of some kind. Yeah. Um, but a lot you of people can al- don't want to do that or don't have the time, which is why I'm yeah. saying you can get away with playing one-offs, and they put thought into that. But you know what you could do as well? Mm. Is you could take like the Nihilus events tables, you could take a lot of the special rules from the, the different battle zones, do it in Kill Team. Yeah, totally. Right? Like, you don't have to use... Totally. Just the scenarios for 40k. And the battle zones are fucking cool. Like, Vigilus is, an, is a well-thought-out, interesting planet. Reminds yeah. me a lot of the way they used to set up Armageddon, like, back in those campaigns, where they had, like, here's your equatorial jungles, where the orcs are more feral, and this is where the Katachan jungle fighters have been shipped in. Uh, and they're cleansing out orcs from the central You know jungles. what this reminds me of a lot? Like, ten Vogans. Yeah, totally. Totally. You can do basically any of, any of GW's terrain whether it be all the way from, like, Arctic Tundra down to the Jungle Forest type stuff, there's a battle zone in here that actually works for uh, anybody. Really. It's not just Star Wars-style, like, single ecosystem per planet? Yeah, totally. There's, there's a lot going on. What a novel concept. I mean, we didn't even touch, like, the, the Eldar and Dark Eldar fighting in the, uh, the polar regions. Well, like, yeah, who, who among us gives a shit about Eldar and Dark Eldar, really? Well, the Eldar, I think, are going to play a bit of a bit of a role when they come back when Chaos uh, starts really going after this planet. Uh, One of them is going to headbutt Abaddon and then just walk away. Hopefully, that'd be awesome. Okay, but there's like so there's a battle zone for a gene stealer infestation in this yep. book where you get to randomize how many fucking random gene stealers are on the table, fucking shit up. Yep. Like there's so many neat little things in here where if you just want to take that step back from. This is my... And I, I know I shit on ITC a lot, and there is there is a great value for it for what it is and for where it is and everything else. Yep. But when you just take that step back and you just... you Honestly, to get the most out of this book is use the whole goddamn but book. That's, that's one of the things, too. I mean, like, um, the ITC and Reese, for that matter, don't advocate playing ITC missions every single game. Like, that, they play campaigns, right? Like, they that's not something that they would advocate. Sometimes you just need to take cats and fight a bunch of Melmachians. Yeah, totally. The, the <laughs> really? Thing, the thing about a campaign like this, and I, I keep coming back to this for the match play and how much the internet always, like, rags on beer and pretzel players, is, like, a lot of a lot of tournament gamers will set up, like, practice matches and bad scenarios and, like, weird scenarios that are, are rough for them to try and get out of the scenario, that kind of thing. Play one of these narrative scenarios. Like, stop an orc from getting across the table. Where their army continually regenerates. See how you can do that. It forces you to think asymmetrically, and again, it just will make you a better player. And you'll have fun, and you won't get burnt out of the hobby. And you'll you'll probably have your, your narrative friends that maybe aren't as competitive. You guys can actually get value out of both sides of that game. And if you want a real fucking tactical challenge, play a game where you roll a three and then a one, and you get to add one to all wound rolls for attacks made by vehicles that target enemy vehicles. For both sides? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it really fucks with the game. Like, you yeah. now have to make choices based on shit that yeah. you would never be able to predict. And I'm not arguing by any stretch that this should ever be at a tournament, but, like, oh. this is a great way to play the game on a Friday night with friends. An yeah. absolutely excellent way. And you, But you could also take some of the Battle Zone stuff and make a really fun 
more a bit of a fluffier tournament because we used yep. to do that shit back in the day, totally. right? Yep. Have different tables with different rules or slight tweaks on missions or whatever. A lot of people like that stuff, and I, I have no problem playing in those events. They're you could do that, and the rules are in here. Aside from finding those events to play in, yeah, that's a yeah, problem. That's the biggest problem for now. Yes, correct. More to be announced. <laughs> um, yeah, I and the the other thing too is at the end of the day, I've been advocating for like kind of a um, if you have. Vigilous, and you aren't necessarily a narrative player. Like the sort of get your feet wet kind of approach. Play a couple of the missions out of the book. Yeah, they might be a little bit weird. Enjoy, but just enjoy that that whole experience. I think another thing though is yeah, you're right. Run a campaign. If you've never run a campaign before, do it. It's fun. It's really neat. But even for your one-off stuff, I'm looking at the. You just go to the actual war zones. Yeah. And so let's say you're like, fuck it, let's play in the wastes. It actually recommends four different scenarios that make sense in the wastes. Yeah, and they, they have two. They call them. I can't remember how they work. There's Echoes of War and, and Crucible of War. Crucible of War. So Echoes of War are like the recreated scenarios. Like they are ex- like supposed to be the scenarios that the actual battles and vigilists took place. Yeah. Versus the Crucible of War, which is like a generalized scenario that anybody could play. So even if your army isn't involved in Vigilus, uh, you could go and play the Crucible of War, and it'll still work for you. Um, so you might not have Orc and Mechanica-specific stratagems, but you, you could still bring your Necrons and play a game. Yeah. Which is cool. So we could have played Data Recovery instead of the Delta of Flame. The Delta of Flame was absurd, and I, I want a rematch, as a side note. Oh, dude, once I get uh, Dakajet, it's on. Oh, yeah, and I'm, I'm taking I'm taking 100% Castellans. <laughs> not, not the Knight, I'm taking my Dakabots, and they're just going to lay waste. I can't wait for that. It's gonna I'm going to shoot so the fun. fuck out of them with a the Dakajet. Yeah, sure, that's fine. I just want robots just locked in place, just being like, and then when you get to them, I'll just trigger the explosions, because I have that strategy, right, to blow up robots. That was so cool! So I can just be like, fall back, sacrifice the robots. You also had the ability once per game to light the whole fucking board on fire. Yeah, and have the Rust Stalkers. Yeah, I don't know, I have, that's one of the reasons I want to pick up that new kill team, is because there's Rust Stalkers and that new tech adept in there. And yeah. they're immune to getting lit on fire? They're totally immune to getting lit on fire, so they're just running around murdering orcs in the waste while like having like... A, just burning like the flesh just sloughing off of them because they're mostly cybernetic. As opposed to like the only unit in your entire army that was really impacted by either the Petroleum or Prometheum. I took everything that was horrible for that particular. No, but like the only one that was really impacted from the Prometheum or my orbital orbital bombardment was your fucking tech priest. It was the orbital bombardment. He was the one that got hit by it all. Yeah. I no, he catch fire? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, he, he got hit by everything, but he, he regenerated enough wounds it didn't matter, yeah. but... But yeah, he just kept getting fucked. <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to rematch on that because that scenario is fucking cool. It was fun. Yeah, it was hard. I, they spent. The, you know, it's always a good game for me when I spend the next day thinking about how do I make this list work for that scenario where I wasn't like thinking about a tournament list. It was just like if I had twelve hundred fifty points of ad mech and it has to be Stygies eight, how do I make a list that can defend from orcs bum rushing me, where they get to recycle units like that? That's not a reasonable uh, tournament play scenario, but that's just so fun. I'm actually thinking about doing. I know I immediately went towards the, uh, like the 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 mech side. Yeah. But I kind of want to do speed freaks, death skulls, oh, just for playing Invigilus. Yeah. Because speed freaks, if you looked at their game coming back to their formation, if you had just a, it's, anyways, it'd be crazy. It'd be crazy. And that scenario, then, if I like, that's the thing you can do with this. You play that that same scenario first, and you play with what you have kicking around on the shelf. And you have a ton of fun. Yeah. And then you're like, how could I do better at this? 
I'm going to add in a bunch of the DACA robots, and you run as speed freaks, and suddenly, like, yes, I have way more shooting, but you are way faster. Yeah. It becomes a lot more interesting. And when the only victory condition is to get a single HQ model across the table. Yeah. That's a really it's aggressive pretty wild. game. It's pretty wild. Yeah. He can just throw shit at you, die, recycle, and then rush you again. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when all my Death Killer War Trikes are... Uh, oh, I know. They're, they're only eight wounds. Death Killer so War Trikes. they're hiding behind bikes. Death Killer War Trikes in that scenario are horrifying. Yeah, it was cool. Anyways. It was fun. <laughs> Anyways, Great just game. try it out. Play it. And, like, just have fun. Yeah. They're fucking toys, people. We've advocated for this before. Do not get stuck on ITC or uh, Eternal War missions. Do other missions. It's good. It keeps you keeps you fresh, keeps you enjoying the hobby. I think that's the biggest thing that burns people out is not playing. Like, your, your basic... These games came from RPGs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason why you have a general and you, you build a particular force and it's not chess. There's a bit of that RPG element to it. Play a bit of the RPG. Do it. And even if you don't care about the fluff behind it, the games are fun. Yeah, totally. I agree. So. And also, but if you're playing 40K and you don't care about the fluff behind it, what are you doing? I don't know. Like, I, I honestly question that. I All of the, <laughs> even the top players are playing this game not because it's a game they're good at. It's because they like the fluff first. Also, did the math. 15% of this book is match play rules. I was pretty close. One-fifth. Yeah, not that far off. Yeah, yeah, 15%. The rest is all fluff and narrative scenarios Mm -hmm. and battle zone rules. Yeah. Just cool shit. Anybody that played back in the Armageddon or uh, Eye of Terror campaigns, this is exactly the same thing, just leveled up without the cool global website. The Armageddon book had no way to run the actual campaign because it was just one-off games to put into a website. This has way more thought in how you make your local gaming group more fun. Yeah. And we've already got uh, Kyle Yuzinski's interested. Yeah. Um, we got a few people that are interested in, in doing this. And what the hell is he going to play? He plays Necrons. He's going to have to come up with a whole new army. Ad mech? He has a little bit of ad mech. But this is... Oh, this one he might have been complaining about in our group chat today. He's talking about his painting backlog and just, like, groaning about it. Might be part of this where he's like, "Fuck, I gotta do another army" because he's got all the Blood Bowl stuff and a bunch of um, the new Star Wars game. Anyways, makes more sense now. Yeah, cool. Well, this is fun. What are you guys gonna play? I know you're gonna play Ultramarines because you're yeah because you yeah. got Ultramarines. Yeah, it's to be different. Yeah, which makes sense because Orcs is Tom and that's upset. Yeah, no, he's gonna he might, have it. He might literally fight you. <gasps> With other orcs? No. I'm going to break this beer bottle. <laughs> In all honesty, if you guys wanted to have an orc versus orc situation, that's not not weird. That happens. <laughs> you know, honestly, what I want to do, I want to just have fun with it. And because, like, I know for some people, like, maybe Ward or Dan kill team might be the easier, like, buy-in than actually going into, like, full-size armies. I wouldn't mind at one point in our Vigilist campaign doing a Speed Freaks game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was a part when the fucking... See, this is the thing. There's the, so much fluff the in there. race around the entire because planet because there was, the force fields were still up? Yeah, the force fields were still up, and so the orcs got fucking bored of trying to break into these cities and kill shit, so they just started racing, and that's what Literally the Literally around the entire planet. That game is them <laughs> racing on Vigilus because they're bored. Literally circumnavigating. Like, it's... it's it's, uh, so it's I'm, a 30,000 mile death race. I'm yes. blanking on the... Oh my god. They specifically just, go out of their way to go in like, the roughest terrain to fucking uh, one-up each other. This is, this is really upsetting me right now. Um, you need to do Death Race 2000 themed uh, war buggies now. Mad Max. Yeah. It's Mad Max. Yeah, 100%. It's 
It's Mad Max. Or you're literally in a desert. It's, it's Fury Road. It's Fury <laughs> Road. It's yeah. I mean, you're going Not to, to be confused town. with Furry Road. You're getting to Bullet Town because that's exactly what's happening here. Like clearly, they're going to the scrap cities, and each scrap city, they're just like, give me a new. I don't know, rocket jet car thing out of a plane that was once a spacecraft. <laughs> and let's go race. Like, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, Speed Freaks game would totally fit. That's how you could open up the campaign, too. I actually wouldn't hate you playing orcs in this campaign, so we have more than one orc player. <laughs> oh, now it's okay. <laughs> All right, there. Well, we the go. more I started thinking about it, I'm like, but it just makes sense. But you can just you can just uh, switch hit. You can also play uh, alternates when needed. I feel like one, once you go orc... <laughs> you never go back... And you also eat lots of pork, but yeah. Uh, we should we should talk about this after this podcast, and our listeners can go away, and we'll figure out this campaign. So yeah, check it out. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't already bought the book, like it's not often that I just tell you to go and buy something. Um, normally, it's just me saying the things that I want to buy, but like seriously, go buy it. If you like 40k at all in any way, I agree. If you're listening to this podcast, just a listen to us first of all what the hell are you doing with your life uh maybe it's for that like five minutes of blood bowl content we get yeah true we might be the largest blood bowl content oh i think that's changing our way i don't know (laughs) but yeah point point is if you like 40k at all get this book it's great yeah absolutely cool and until next time i'm tom i'm dan i'm mike and i'm steve and play some fucking vigilist games everybody because we gunsta (laughs) 